This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt. On the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And the sous chef of the garden. It is... Franklin Ooh, Proctor. Dulcet yes. tones yes, today. I, I know. My. I must. It must have been that last little shot of whiskey I had last. <laughs> Warding off a cold. Uh, sure. Yeah. Sure. Okay. We all say that yes, as we're having course. another shot of whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome to the Garden Show, my friends. Uh, Charlie Dobbin, uh, off to my left. Yes, that'll uh, be me. Yeah, that's you. That's yeah. you. And looking bright, and, she, and here she is. I, I like to sometimes describe Charlie as well, the darling of the daisies, the mm. Florence Nightingale of the floor. <laughs> and the geriatric of the geraniums. <laughs> oh, well, thanks for that. Oh, yeah. oh, I just thought I'd throw that in. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, I appreciate keep it. You, keep you on your toes. Yeah. <clears throat> Phone numbers, let me get those on Let's the get air. the correct numbers, yeah, shall we? Okay. <laughs> Jeez, last week and the week before. I oh, know. Brother. Okay, here they are, the real ones, the real ones. 416-360-0740. And then anywhere else in the province, it's toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. And, of course, let uh, James Patrick Dooley, uh, our board operator, know exactly uh, if you are a, a first-time caller. Because then James hauls out the chimes, and you're welcome to the show with chimes. Yes, uh, yes. Yeah. Wings. Wings for, for the garden. Oh, and let him know if you're a first-time caller, too. Well, I did this, yeah, yes. Oh, the mantra. That's what it was. Confused Pay attention. Myself. I know. Okay. You know the challenge here? You have to actually listen to yourself. <laughs> right. I find a lot of, mm-hmm. I don't mean to be sexist here, but a lot of men aren't really good at that. So just work on oh, it. Oh, okay. I see. Is that where we're getting into now? All righty. <laughs> just well, suggesting. Let me load up the guns just a minute. Yeah. Okay. So anyway. The mantra. Um, the mantra. Yeah. Call early, call often. One question per call or else Patrolman Proctor pulls you over the side of the road and you get a ticket. That's right. All right. All right. A couple of very quick announcements. Okay. Uh, remember, tomorrow, the Ontario Rock Garden and Hardy Plant Society is hosting a meeting from 1 until 4 p.m. at the Toronto Botanical Gardens in the Floral Hall. That, of course, mm-hmm. is the corner of Lawrence Avenue and Leslie Street. Uh, the 1 to 4 p.m., Wolfgang Bonham is speaking on the history and art of dry stone walling. Mm-hmm. Free admission. Free parking, fully accessible, lots of snacks. Everybody is welcome. So good spot to uh, spend a little bit of time tomorrow afternoon if you can. Now, we had a couple of great calls. I love, I really do appreciate some of our callers who ask really good questions, ones that I have to actually go home and do some homework on. So later in the show, I'm going to give you a little follow-up on the edible chestnut question, which was very interesting from Mm -hmm. Rob in Port Hope. But um, also, we had a question last week from Bob. He was calling uh, from Don Mills, and he told us a story about his house and the neighbor's house and the window looking into the wall between the houses, and he found it very unsightly, and he was looking for ideas. Well, one of our listeners, Ed Shepard, thank you very much, sent an email, and he says that uh, what um, Bob should do is go to Pinterest. Okay, you know the website Pinterest. 
I was trying to pick off the name of a town. Uh, no. <laughs> Where's Pinterest? Where's on the Pinterest? Map? Okay, Pinterest is on the web. It's a place where people pin photos. Oh. Like things they love. Okay. So Pinterest is full of amazing images. So Bob's point – or sorry, yeah, Ed's point was go to Pinterest and under the search part, search for um, screens and trellises. Oh, right. And yeah. he will be amazed at the number of am- you know amazing sort of ideas and photos that come that can up. That an unsightly That's mess right. and, and make it look good. See something mm. that you like okay. and then it might be something you can purchase or yeah. you can have made or you can make yourself. But bottom line, he says, don't blame me if you get drawn in. <laughs> because it, you do kind of get lost once yeah. you start looking at yeah. some yeah. of those yeah. great things. Okay. So thank you very much, Ed. And I certainly hope that uh, Bob is listening and he will follow up on that. Very good. Okay, we're going to get to our first callers in just a couple of moments. First of all, though, let's do a little bit of exercising, don't you think, hey? I think I so. do my finger exercising. Yeah, <clears throat> my, my forefinger and my right hand well, is going up and down. I wanted down, to tell you, um, mm. I did get a hold of some of that Cirrusil spray. The topical spray, isn't it great? It's magical. And it, you really feel like you fell out of a pine tree. Yep. You are right. <laughs> you are absolutely right. Okay, so what we're talking about is Sierra Sill is a completely natural mineral supplement, yeah. uh, which is three little pills taken every day. If you've got stiff joints, it somehow magically loosens up and, and greases the joints. Yeah, so you, yeah. you feel good and you can stay active. Sort of a, 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 a WD. For, for the humans, for yeah. The, yeah, for the joints, yeah, exactly. exactly. Well, for humans and pets too. A lot of times, people yeah. use on older arthritic animals uh, will find that Cirrusil works very well. But now the newer product is this spray, this topical spray. Well, I'm raving about it. I'm telling you. I know it smells so great. It's just like, and it really does work. So anyway, for more information, you may want to learn more about either of these products, Cirrusil pills or spray. Go to their website, Cirrusil.ca, or give them a call one eight seven seven Joint fourteen. S-I-E-R-R-A-S-I-L. There is no problem that hope cannot defeat. The 6th Annual Holiday Hope Fund in support of the Scott Mission. With every donation to the Holiday Hope Fund, the needs of Toronto children, women, and men are met with food, toys, clothing, and shelter. Call 416-923-2400 or donate online at scottmission.com. Merry Christmas to everyone. Please give to the Holiday Hope Fund. A message from the new AM740. Remember when you couldn't shop on a Sunday and family would actually have a conversation? Well, times have changed. The pace has quickened, but I'm happy to report that the Sunday conversation is just as warm and friendly as it was back then. I'm Murray Siegel, inviting you to share in the music that we love and the information we need on Sunday Showcase, a lifestyle tradition for more than 20 years. Sunday Showcase, live on the new AM740, Sundays from 11 to noon. Mind a car in Ontario? When you buy from an OMVIC registered dealer, you're protected. In the rare event that something goes wrong with your transaction, you may be eligible for compensation from the Motor Vehicle Dealers Compensation Fund. Ask the right questions. Learn more about your car buying rights at omvic.on.ca. A consumer protection message from OMVIC, Ontario's vehicle sales regulator. Mom? Uh-huh. When will he come? Soon, sweetheart. Is it true that he comes from the sky? He flies through the air bearing gifts. Is it true that everyone knows him? He's known the world over. I love him, Mom. 
I love him. Oh, sweetheart, we all love the FedEx delivery man. Get up to 40% off express shipping at participating FedEx locations. Text JOY to 81818 for your coupon. Conditions apply. See coupon for details. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem? Well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And uh, Frank Proctor, welcoming to the show, Sharon from West Lorne. Hi, Sharon. Hi, Frank. Good morning, Sharon. I just had to turn out, down the radio. Oh, good for you. Um, good morning, Charlie. Um, it's kind of a nice day for a while, anyway. Oh, good for you. It's pretty gray here. Yes. Anyway, Mild. Um, what I'm calling for is about some tulip bulbs. Mm-hmm. Um, I dug them up in the after they had died down and whatever, mm-hmm. and I put them, I let them dry out. I put them in an... Uh, net onion bag and left them in the garage. Now they're still there. Um, the bag is about, oh, maybe six inches in diameter, and I haven't got them uh, replanted again for in the fall and whatever. Mm-hmm. Now I know the ground isn't that frozen yet, no. but um, I have some problems and I can't get out to uh, get them in the ground. Could I uh, store them, sort of separate them out a bit, and store them in some peat moss and put them in the fridge till spring and then plant them, or how would I do that? It's actually a great question. So, okay, so why did you lift them in the first place? I want to separate them and put them someplace else. Move them, okay. Yes. All right, so in an optimal situation, you would get them into the ground today where you want them. So you, yeah, but you said that's a bit of a tough one for I you to do. I, I, I had some eye surgery and I can't bend over. Okay, yeah, that's right. You can't. Yeah. The uh, <laughs> blood rushes to your head. Bad idea. Ooh, so yeah. um, what yeah. I would do, you cannot sp- store them in peat moss and plant them in the spring because as soon as you cool them off, even right now out in your garage, cooled off, they are they are responding to that cool because that's what. Exactly, and that's exactly what they'll do. So your only real option, if you want to keep these bulbs and have them for the future, is pot them up in just into a little, whatever, 6-inch, 8-inch, whatever size pot you want to pot them up into with some potting soil. Uh-huh. Keep them in a cool refrigerator-type temperature uh-huh. uh, for another several weeks, preferably about 6 or 8 weeks. And then bring that pot into your home, into the regular room temperature. Uh-huh. And um, at that point, uh, they will bloom inside your house. Uh-huh. And enjoy them inside the house. Blooms, leaves, let them grow. The green leaves will be absorbing sunlight. The bulbs will fatten up again. Mm-hmm. And then next spring or summer, get them into the ground. Okay. okay. Otherwise, they they will just. You've got to let them do their thing. They've got to go through that cycle. Okay. So you might as well just. Um, could I leave? Could I pot them up and leave them in the garage if they were protected in a cardboard box or something for the coolness? Yeah, that actually can work. And this it seems like it's going to be a fairly mild winter, yeah. so it, it's likely will work. I mean, last winter that certainly wouldn't have worked in my garage because no. everything no. froze solid. Because <laughs> you don't want them to freeze solid. But yeah, a cardboard box, even crumpled up newspaper. Newspaper. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Or well, leaves would be hard to get now because yeah. of the snow. But but just the idea of some air trapped around the pot, and yeah, let it. And you don't even need to bring it in if you don't want to. It's just be fun to bring them in in February. You'd be really happy for the flowers. Yeah. Okay. 
okay then. Okay. That's fine. Thank you very much. All right. And thank you. Have a, a, a Merry Christmas to both of you. Well, thank, thank you, you very much, very Sharon. Very much, Sharon. You yeah, too. Look after your eyes. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Bye now. <laughs> Bye. I remember I planted bulbs once, and uh, well, I planted two sixty watts. I was going to say I'm having a really hard time imagining this. <laughs> it just didn't work. <laughs> Knew where that was no, going. You it's did, all about you? LED now, anyway. Oh, it's true. I don't like LED. When they're not well, the Christmas lights they dull. They don't. They don't sparkle. You know. Uh, I don't know. Uh, anyway. Well, well I don't like your, the blue one. There's that no, blue, yeah, white. Yeah, yeah you got to stay away from that. Yeah. Uh, hey, uh, a lady with a, uh, one of my favorite names. I, I love the name Molly. There's Aww, something because you want to sing a song. Well, probably. there's something really nice about that name. And, <laughs> and, and, and watch. Now she'll be nasty. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. No. Molly in Tobacco. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Good morning, Molly. <laughs> You're making me laugh. <laughs> Good. Good morning, uh, Frank and Charlie. I I have a problem with the cyclamen. Mm -hmm. I got a beautiful cyclamen plant, uh, oh, about maybe a month ago, mm -hmm. maybe a little more. And it is slowly dying. The leaves mm. are yellow mm. and the flowers are, you know, they're Fading, just not yeah. coming. I, I'm really disappointed. There was no tag in the plant, so okay. I didn't know how to look after it. Well, here, let me tell you what it wants optimally, and then you can figure out it whether you can provide this for this plant. So cyclamen or cyclamen, beautiful flowering plant at this time of year, very available as a gift, obviously, uh, for um, when you're going to somebody's house for dinner or, you know, housewarming sort of thing. Optimal conditions for cyclamen. Number one, it wants a cool room. It doesn't want to be like in 75 or 80 degrees. It's happiest down in the high 60s, low 70s. So if that means a window ledge, because that tends to be the, one of the cooler spots in our homes, maybe that's the place to put it. It does want to be in a bright spot. You wouldn't have it in direct sunlight in the summer, but at this time of year, like I say, it could go on a window ledge and be happy with that light and the coolness in, on the ledge. The trick to watering cyclamen is you never water in the top of the pot. You always water in the saucer below. And the water will be absorbed up through the soil and keep that plant happy. And be careful of overwatering. It is growing. There, underneath the soil, there is a corm, and it's a, um, like a tuberous-type enlarged root, if you will, and it will rot very quickly if the plant is overwatered. Oh, so well, that's I haven't really watered it too much okay. because, and when I water, I water it very and let the water run out. Okay. So, um, well, the the trick with that. It's dead if the leaves no, are dying? No, quite often. I mean, it's very common because, remember, it was in a greenhouse, and then it probably was in a retail outlet, and now it's in your place. So it was the, bought from a greenhouse. Oh, I well, that. there yeah. you go. So it's, it's gone, you know, it's quite a transition from the greenhouse with all the bright lights and the air circulation and, you know, just all the sort of optimal conditions to your home. So it's probably just showing that stress, and it's, it's not unusual. The flowers, of course, never last more than a week or so, but we hope for more to come up and then with the leaves if they're turning yellow just either you know pair of scissors remove them uh, or with your thumbnail break them off and and but, but like I say watering from below makes a real difference because the shape of that corm is like a cup so it's a, a <clears throat> concave shaped um, tuber under the soil when you water in the top you can water into that concavity and that's how that rotting starts so just be careful Okay, then. That's right. wonderful. Thank Good you very much, Charlie. Let's hope it survives. Yeah, let's it hope so. Really, it was, 
really magnificent. Oh, I know. Beautiful. They're great, and they're very, very cheerful, so yep. I hope so, too. You're welcome anytime, Molly, okay? Thank you, Do- Frank. Doors always open. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have, have a wonderful <laughs> Christmas, too, okay? Old. Thank you. You bet. Did you want to, like, sing a... There's so many Molly songs. Oh. I just, I just know you're going to... Well, no, I'll, I'll, I'll save that till later. Okay. okay. That little treat will come along a little bit oh, later Oh, that's a treat. I just want to say hi to somebody I brought into the studio. Oh, good point, yeah. Very good friend of mine, mm-hmm. uh, Bill Jameson, who is a, a wonderful stage manager. He's not, not in the business anymore, but this guy was He wrote the, the book. He wrote the book on yeah. stage management. Anyway, uh, He's Bill here. and you and I yep. are going out to uh, the restaurant in Our High Park. Our favorite restaurant yep. in High Park. And uh, the terrific Troika shall have at it with all sorts of great food out there. <laughs> That's, That's right. a great spot, though. It is. It really is. So. And we're going to go, yeah, it's the nature thing, right? Yeah, exactly. We're going to do a hit of nature. Yeah, exactly. And um, How I, well, are your I'm, acorns I'm bringing... doing, speaking of High Park? Oh, no. Remember? Uh, oh, yeah, uh, you yeah. never got I, any. I left them in my other jacket, and they're hanging in the hallway. Uh, okay, but so I, I just want to let folks know, in case they're out there thinking, I'm going to watch for them to arrive at High Park Restaurant. <laughs> you'll We're see me. In you'll well, I'll be, I'll be in the trunk of my car getting out that red carpet rolled up that I always take wherever, right. whenever I'm with Charlie. Because yes. then I, I roll I up the red carpet, so, yeah. and then I have a huge feather fan. Oh, that right, I, right. and I the band on the plays. Way in. Yes. Yep. Yep. Yeah, so all good. there we'll be this morning. Yep. Anyway. So you'll know us. Absolutely. By, by that. No, activity. We, we do have to take a bit of a break right now. And uh, so the phone number is one more time, and the correct ones, 416-360-0740 in Toronto. Anywhere else in the province, toll-free, my friends, 1-866-744-740. And Charlie and I and all our listeners shall return in just moments. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, Forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, stalks, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And the uh, sous chef of the garden welcoming you to the show today, this uh, uh, kind of gray Saturday, so we're... Lots of sunshine on the air. I'm sure we'll get that, too, from Valerie in Markdale. Hi, Valerie. Hi, how are you? Good, thanks. Good morning. Good morning. Um, my question is, whenever your plants are pushing more buds all the time, would you keep fertilizing them all winter? Good question. The rule of thumb is when a plant is actively growing, we do feed it. So the only plants that are really actively growing now are the ones that, for example, African violets that kind of grow all year round. Uh, Many orchids, very much kind of in growth year round. And the big one right now would be Christmas cactus because they're really growing quite actively as well, uh, producing flowers, etc. So those are the kinds of plants we would fertilize. What about your hibiscus and impatiens? So you've brought in hibiscus and impatience, and are are you seeing new flower buds, or these are just new green leaves? Yeah, they're leaves? just continuously making more all the time. That's great. You could fertilize, but be careful about over-fertilizing. So whatever the fertilizer is you're using, half the quantity of fertilizer or double the amount of water, just so that you've got a weaker solution, and at the most, use that once a month. Okay. Okay. And that will, that will support the, the you know, in obviously the vigor that these plants are showing, and you'll continue to get more blooms and, and have a really, obviously, beautiful sunroom or living room or wherever they are in your home. So that's great. Sounds good. Thank you very much. Okay, Valerie, thank Thanks you for joining for us. Call. 
It's the Garden Show from AM 740 Zoomer Radio as we broadcast live and direct from the Zoomerplex in Liberty Village. And hey, here's a first-time caller from Markham. Shirley, let's get those. Oh, look at James is right on the money there. The chimes are just for you, Shirley. Welcome to the show. Whoop, where'd you go? What happened? Uh, is this Deborah? Oh, morning. there you there. Good morning. Is this Deborah? Yes. Hi, oh, Deborah. Okay. We we well, lost actually, somewhere along the way. Deborah and my wonderful husband Charlie. Oh, nice. Uh, well, there you go. And, and, and you're first time caller. <laughs> and right? welcome to the show. Yes, she is. Well, you, thank you. Um, I want to ask you about um, acorn. Mm-hmm. I collected some, and I heard you on the radio maybe um, a couple of weeks ago talking about them. Mm-hmm. And you said to soak them in water for uh, five days. Mm-hmm. Okay, so one second, Deborah. Can you turn your radio down? Yeah, because it's I can hear Charlie it echo. Wants you to listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> turn the radio down. <laughs> Tell me, ask, take the radio uh, in another room. <laughs> yes. All right. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so I soaked them for five days. Right. But um, I can't remember what you what, what to do next after that. All right. So. Now, all the ones you soaked, I don't know how many acorns you collected, but if any of them floated in that five-day period, the floaters go into the compost, and it's the ones that were that were sunk down on the bottom are the ones that we I think are viable. So that's number one. So you start your separation right there. Mm-hmm. So the viable acorns, you have two options. One is it pro- might be a bit late, but certainly the ground isn't frozen yet. You can plant those directly outside where you uh-huh. want an oak tree to grow. However, oh, I see. How- and you would do that now. However, yes. uh, keep in mind that the squirrels are watching, and if they <laughs> see you put an acorn in the ground, they are going <laughs> to want to get involved in that and perhaps move that around. So it's, right. you'll have to protect it. If you're going to go out there, you know, under cloak of darkness, um, you know, and then little netting, wire, cage, something to try and make sure that those horrible squirrels don't move the acorn on you. So you, that's one route. What, what I am and Frank are doing is we have um, we've got these quite a number of acorns. We soaked them. I now have them in moist potting soil in a Ziploc bag in the refrigerator. And they're oh, going to spend right. they're going to spend the winter in the fridge as opposed yeah. to going outside for the winter. And next spring, we're going to pot them up into little pots, and we're going to mm-hmm. expect that those seeds or those acorns will germinate by early to mid May. So we're expecting to see some little oak sprouts emerging above ground um, mid May. But what I'm going to do is we'll bring them in. Maybe we'll do it as a as an active, a radioactive <laughs> sort of radioactive. Oh, that's good. Uh, how about? Of radio uh, performance art on the radio. We'll get those planted up and then watch them and, and be able to report back what's going on. Because, yeah, the oh. idea of growing oak trees is pretty fun. Yes. So I, after I soak them, mm-hmm. the shell is soft. Do I remove that shell? No, leave it alone. No. Yeah. So I just put the whole thing in a bag of moist soil. Potting soil. Clean soil, yeah. right? Not, not, gra- not or topsoil. So, so not topsoil. Potting soil. It must be potting soil from a pot. It must be sterile soil. You don't want to put it in soil that might have microorganisms, bacteria, anything Mm -hmm. like that, because they they will rot. So just moist, you know, slightly damp potting soil, Ziploc bag, refrigerator. And and then we're going to pull them out. We're going to start potting them up into little pots, probably in late March, early April. Very good. Okie doke. Well, 
Thank All right, you for Deborah. Your help. Oh, Thank my you pleasure. Very much. My wonderful husband and I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. Thank you. Well, and Merry Christmas to Charlie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bye, All Deborah. Thank you. Bye. Okay. <laughs> and my gosh, we have recovered a lost phone call that's floating around somewhere in the ethers there. Mm. Uh, Shirley, first time caller from Markham. Mm. There are your chimes, Welcome, Shirley. Hi. Shirley. Welcome, Shirley. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I've been trying for since the spring. <laughs> oh, no kidding. <laughs> to get through. Yeah. Listen, in the spring, Charlie, mm-hmm. you spoke about duck poo. Mm-hmm. I tried every nursery I could, and everybody said they've never heard about duck poo. Duck poo. It's actually, it's bedding from a duck farm. So what oh. I was getting is called duck compost. Okay. It actually is like the bedding is. Uh-huh. You, Frank's laughing. Stop laughing. Well, I'm just You've in my mind. I'm visual. picturing all these little ducks squatting around, and you're trying Collecting to get it. under there and collect all the goodies. <laughs> so where do you have to go to get it? Well, the company that that I get it from is a company called Pick a Mix. So Pick Mix. P P as in Paul. Uh huh. I C as in Charlie. Uh huh. A M as in mother, mm-hmm. I, X as in x-ray. So pick okay. a mix. Okay. So you can check them on the web or okay. you can give them a call. They will deliver. They sell it in bags, little like, you know, 20 mm. liter bags. Uh-huh. They also sell it in big one cubic yard bags. I and wonder if I could get it now and just spread it on the snow. If they're still delivering, it's certainly worth a call. Or, like I say, check them on the web. They, um, okay. they may be shut down for the winter. I'm not sure. Okay. Uh-huh. Thank you so much. And listen to you and Frank. Have a wonderful, blessed, joyous Christmas. Well, thank you See, very thank much. You. All the best in the new year. All right, my darling. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks, Shirley. Okay. Take care. God bless. And you don't bet. be a stranger. Call, call yeah, yeah. again. Doors, <laughs> well, doors always trying. open. I'll keep trying. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Shirley. Thank you. Now, before we go to another caller, uh, you have something to address oh, your homework. That's that you've right. Done. And <clears throat> so you worked so hard up till, what, 2 o'clock in the morning, and oh, boy. Oh, how would you yeah. know? You were sipping whiskey. Kids. <laughs> 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 okay. Taking last, shots at me like... Last week, we had a call from Rob. He was yes. calling from Port Hope, and he said that he had some chestnuts mm. from Italy, and he that's wanted right. to grow them. Mm-hmm. Or he wondered, could he grow an Italian chestnut tree and have edible chestnuts right on his property to obviously hmm. pick, you know, harvest and roast up uh, over the, the fire. So here's what I learned. And this is a bit of a story, but it's a kind of an interesting story. So thank you for asking this question. So growing nut trees is a long-term proposition. They take up lots of space, but have so many uses, not the least of which is yielding edible nuts. Many will remember the American chestnut, once the queen of the eastern forest. This majestic tree grew from Maine to Georgia and across the Appalachian Mountains to the Mississippi River and Great Lakes. In the southern part of its range, the American chestnuts could grow 100 feet tall. Not only was it a majestic tree in the forest and landscape, it also had many economic uses. The rot-resistant wood was highly prized for building, fencing, and furniture, and musical instrument making. The nuts were collected and sold, and were also a great source of food for wildlife. In its heyday, in the late 1800s, this tree dominated the native forest. Unfortunately, in the early 1900s, a blight disease was inadvertently imported from China on some Chinese chestnuts. The blight quickly spread from New York City into New England and the southeast. By the 40s, the great chestnut forests of the east were mostly gone. While saplings and young trees still grow in the forest today, they usually succumb to blight before they grow large enough to flower and bear fruit. 
So this chestnut story isn't finished, though. Other species of chestnuts, such as Chinese chestnuts, are blight-resistant and can be grown across the country. Plus, many researchers have been breeding the resistant Chinese with the American chestnuts to get blight-resistant trees that are closer to the original American chestnut. So, first of all, a couple of important things to remember is... Um, grow when you want to grow chestnuts that will eventually become very large trees, choose your site wisely. Make sure it's far enough away from houses, outbuildings, power lines, and underground utilities. The next step is to select a variety that is blight-resistant and adapted to your area. Um, now, as I mentioned, there's research uh, uh, ongoing trying to develop a pure American chestnut, which is blight-resistant. There are other options available. So here's a few of the choices. So obviously I mentioned the Chinese chestnut, Castania mollissima, although some consider these nuts inferior in quality to those of the American chestnut, the tree is blight-resistant and it will grow to 40 feet tall, producing good-tasting nuts. And this plant is hardy to Zone 5 in Canada, so would grow in the Port Hope area. This, however, is a Chinese chestnut. Jumping down to the European chestnut, Castania sativa, is primarily grown in the West, and the trees are not as cold-hardy as the Chinese types. They produce 65-foot-tall trees with delicious nuts, but can be susceptible to blight. That's why they have better success in the West, where chestnut blight is not as prevalent. Hardy to Zone 6 in Canada. So again, going back to Rob, who calls from Port Hope, it would kind of depend where he is sighted, because... Port Hope, near, right near the lake, has some warm spots, but it also, if you're up high, could be extremely cold, catching a northwest wind, you know, zinging over the, the high spots can be super cold. But if he's tucked down, it might be possible to grow the, those edible nuts that he's right. got, those Italian chestnuts. So once you've decided that you do want to try and grow those, here's what you've got to do. Find a location that's preferably on a slope. It's got well-drained soil. It's in full sun. Chestnuts like a slightly acidic soil and do not tolerate heavy clay at all. And the other thing I learned is plant at least two different varieties for cross-pollination. So, while direct planting chestnut seeds is less expensive and a way to grow many trees inexpensively for a small landowner, buying transplants is a smarter way to go. Space the trees at least 25 feet apart. There you go. There you go. There's the answer oh. to your question. Can mm. you grow them? Yes. Will they survive? Mm, maybe yeah. not. <laughs> and, and, you know, you mm. have done your homework, and I, I congratulate you for so. that. Well, yes. thank you. Thank you. Uh, look. All right, for Charlie. Now, Cold star. I, ha- I as well have done homework. Really? Because, yes, there are side effects to eating Italian chestnuts. <laughs> you wind up having an uncontrollable urge to pinch young ladies' bottoms at bus stops. Really? Uh, yeah. That's, no, I'm not, oh, yeah, be yeah. careful there. You then, know, you <laughs> whoops, yep. whoops. And then you have a great propensity to say things like, Hey, Luigi, that's a nice. Huh? <laughs> and then at the first hint of accordion music, you'll start dancing the tarantella. So, Rob, just beware of all of those things. Yes, yes. Because you're going to eat Italian chestnuts. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> well, people always say that they think I must have some Italian in my heritage because my you know, hands are always French, going. French, they, French yeah. do that too. Uh, yeah, I don't know. But, but I, uh, yeah. Yeah, if we tied your hands behind you, you I, could not talk. I'd you be in trouble. The show. Yep, yep. Wow. I'm telling you, she's like a whirlwind in here. <laughs> well, hey, speaking of whirlwind, yes. let's uh, let's fan the flames here of uh, getting the good news out about Sierra Sil. Oh. What say? Hmm? Woo! I know. Interesting little segue well, there. Well, thank you, thank you very getting much. Getting <laughs> the good news about Sierra Sil. Well, completely <laughs> yeah. natural mineral supplement. Okay. It's found in the Sierra Mountains. That's how yeah. they come up with the name. 
That's right. And how they found it is because – what was it? It was um, wolves or foxes or some animal kept going and licking at a spot and they couldn't figure out – like, these were very healthy animals apparently. Yeah. Right? And there was the, – yeah. you know, there's raw, you know how there's salt outcroppings yeah. and we often see wildlife. They know where the salt licks are and that's why they're called salt licks. They lick it. It's – they need it. It's uh, you know, important part of their electrolytes. So they won't, didn't know what was going on in this particular area where the animals did a lot of licking and – on further inspection, discovered that there was some magical mix of minerals that had yeah. really, really works uh, for mammals to oil the joints. Uh, you know, yeah. not really clear. And this how. company, this company is Canadian, based yeah, in Vancouver. In Vancouver, lovely people. Oh yeah. Um, so Sierra Sil- yeah, little capsules uh, that somehow keep. People like us active, when we're getting stiff, uh, the stiffness disappears. And uh, it works well for me. And Elliot swears by Sierra Sil. And yep. my mom used to say this, like, she was, like, frisky when she was taking Sierra Sil. <laughs> That's right. Like, yeah. She's so frisky. That's out right. on the walking track, passing everybody because she was so frisky, that, you know, at 85 years old. So there you go. Anyway, Sierra Sil, for more information, give them a call, one eight seven seven joint 14 or check them on the web. SierraSil.ca. And make sure you find out about the topical analgesic spray. It's marvelous. You'll smell like you've fallen from a pine tree. (laughs) S-I-E-R-R-A-S-I-L. Don't change the radio station. Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And uh, Frank Proctor, the sous chef of the garden, along here for the ride. And I tell you, this is a wonderful time of year, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, really, just leading up to Christmas, all the fun and frivolity. And I'm just looking so forward to spending time with my uh, six grandkids. Yeah, I guess. Uh, boy, Christmas it's be, is exciting uh, with little kids around. Yep, it sure is. Well, let's see what's going on in Scarborough. There's Tom. Hi, Tom. Good morning. Welcome. Yeah, good morning. How are you guys? Great. Good morning. Good morning. I have a situation where um, in the early fall, we took out our plants out of the pots and put in some spring bulbs mm-hmm. and stuck them in the garage, no, mm-hmm. no natural light, fairly cool. Mm-hmm. While looking for the Christmas lights the other day, I found <laughs> out that they're growing. They're five to six inches tall, yep. and I want to slow them down so they're ready for spring. So these are pots of spring bulbs that you want to have for um, display, like at Easter or something like that. Yeah, April, uh, May. You do, so you don't want to bring them into your house and enjoy them, <clears throat> excuse me, in January, February? Well, we hadn't thought they're just outside old clay pots. They're nothing special, <laughs> not attractive. The only thing you can do, I mean, it's this mild weather that's causing them to grow so fast. What you want, your optimal temperature for those bulbs is, is to keep them as dormant as possible, is refrigerator temperature. So that's, what, 10 degrees Celsius, 50 Fahrenheit, or, or lower, you know, 45, yeah. um, 8 degrees uh, Celsius. That will slow things down. The problem is, is in your garage, is probably warmer than that because it's like 4 degrees outside. Yeah. <clears throat> so in your garage, it's probably, you know, eight or nine degrees. So that's the thing is it's a little too warm. So if you have an ability to cool them off a little more, keep them in the dark. That will keep them slowed down. Um, and and even in the dark and the cool, they will grow. That That is what happens. You know, when I've forced bulbs in you know, black plastic bags in my refrigerator, I pull them out after 16 weeks. They're, you know, those little mm-hmm. sprouts are a couple inches tall. Now they're pure white because they've been in the dark, but they're a couple inches tall, ready for some sun, and they green up very quickly, and they, you know, flower within 10 days. So, you know, it's, it's, if you can't cool them off, then you may have to just run with them and bring them in. 
Ah, okay. 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 You know what I'm saying? Bring him in, not now, but give him a couple, leave him as long as you can. Minimum 16 weeks and bring him in and let him flower indoors yeah. as opposed to trying Our to. The situation is we go away in the winter, oh. don't come back till March, so we oh, won't be looking after them. Wait, right. wait, wait, hold oh, my violin yeah. here. Yeah. We go away. No, don't, <laughs> then don't bring him in. Yeah, no, if you're, if you're going away, then just leave him outside in the dark, yeah. in the garage. Just leave him alone. Now, um, you, they, you have watered them, obviously, at least once. They're in clay pots. Um, they, as long as they aren't going to dry out, that's a thing. You don't want them to get bone dry, uh-huh. but they probably won't. If, you, if they've been thoroughly watered once when you planted them, they're probably fine. Yeah, okay. Well, thank you very much. Have a Merry Christmas. And thank the same you. to you, Tom. You too. Have a great winter. Go away till March, I know. Yeah. Like, oh, but, you know, I hey, know, how wonderful. True. If you can do that, great. boy, do it. Do yeah, it. Yeah, we should do that. We could, like, do the garden show from the beach. Oh, uh, now that's a good thought. I think All I right, like let's that work idea. on that. Right, okay. I'm on it. All right. Jerry in uh, Toronto, just around the corner here, talking about a Boston fern, I do believe. Hi, Jerry. Yeah, good morning. My Boston fern is not feeling very well these days. <laughs> it's a 10-year-old fern. I've had it for about 10 years now. And what's happening is the leaves are falling off, and they're still green. They're still green and supple. Uh, some of the branches right now, the long, thin mm-hmm. branches, mm-hmm. are completely leafless, and it's getting a bit worse. So I wonder what's going on with it. How, so you've had it for 10 years. Has it been in the exact same pot for the last 10 years? The very same pot, the very same place uh, for the last 10 years. But you know what? That's probably what's going on. But this isn't the optimal time to transplant, to do a repotting. The, at some point plants just get really tired of being in the same soil. You know, it becomes nutrient <clears throat> depleted and uh, the soil quality is just not there. Now, don't worry when you say that there are stems with no leaves, because often with Boston ferns, what we see, those there are actually aerial roots that will grow out of a Boston fern that look like stems. So with, these, these are stems without leaves, Charlie. It's yeah, so off. you saw the leaves fall off. Uh, okay, where is it? It's in the same location for the last 10 years, and and it did well for, you know, ten and a half, nine and a half, and all of a sudden now it's really deteriorating this fall. Anything yeah, change? Part of, it, part of it's still nice, flush, and green, but uh, the right-hand side, I've noticed, of the fern, uh, is losing its leaves. And, and the leaves are still green, and they're still supple, and they're, still, they're not turning yellow or anything, they're just falling off. Is there a draft there? Is there a... Is no, it getting... It's, it's in a very comfortable, co- cozy place. It's not getting bumped up against by people walking by? No, it's, it's yeah. doing fine, Charlie. So the, and I'm just trying to think mm. what's going on on that right side that's causing this distress. Uh, you don't have a cat or something, a new, like a pet in the house that's secretly... Well, i got a cat that's always chewing on it anyhow, yeah. but uh, not oh. just the right-hand side. Oh, uh, okay. You, mm. you mm. never know when you're sleeping that cat might be abusing <laughs> yeah. the right-hand side of the plant. Um, He's left-handed. Oh, there. Well, then maybe he's not. <laughs> I'm, I'm just racking my brains as to why it's happening on that side. What I would do in the meantime is comb the fern, you know, with your fingers, comb and uh, encourage what's going to drop off to drop off. Clean up that mess. Get out your little mister spritzer. Spritz and mist that plant preferably two to three times a day. It will be very happy if you do that. Yeah, I do that every day. Good. And, uh, and you obviously know how to water it. And you, Do you fertilize it at all? I fertilized it the last time at the end of last summer. End of this past summer, so like in August or thereabouts. August, September, yeah. Yeah, okay. So you're probably good. and Yeah, so just keep up that misting and spritzing. Um, and what I would do is mark on your calendar that on March the 1st, if not February the 28th, you are gonna tr- you're going to provide a new pot and fresh soil for that plant. You know where it's like repotting a Boston fern? Messing. Oh, my gosh. 
Yeah. Big, lots of newspaper. <laughs> and then you flip it upside down and then there's like a huge mess. <laughs> Your cat will help you. Cats love doing that kind of stuff. <laughs> so that's what I would do if you can because that will make all the difference. You'll get all kinds of new growth if you can do that. But I won't start growing you this time of the year, will it? L- unlikely not. I mean, the other thing is lift up the fronds and look. You might see, find that the soil has just deteriorated, like disappeared, because it does, right? It decomposes after 10 years. If you have potting soil in the house with a spoon, you could spoon some fresh potting soil into the pot on the surface by lifting up those fronds and see if there's space. I wouldn't. It could be that there's something like that going on, too, that there's just underneath that mess of fronds, there's just a lot of root and not a lot of soil anymore. That's right. It's pretty well all root right now. I put mm-hmm. that uh, water meter in. I can't get through because of all the roots. Oh, there you go. So maybe even just grab a little bit of potting soil and get that on hand to tuck in at soil level for now until even – and that way that you can push it till say, June and do your repotting outside. Yeah. Okay. I'll give it okay. a shot, Charlie. Thanks <laughs> Thanks, a lot. Jerry. Thanks, Jerry. Have a great day and uh, all the very best in the, uh, in the season ahead, too. Um, gee, we uh, have to take a little bit of a break here, but we're coming back very shortly to talk to Catherine uh, from Toronto. And it's a follow-up question to, uh, am I pronouncing this right, a butylon? Yes, very nice. Oh, very good. Okay. So stand by for all of that yet to come on The Garden Show from AM740. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem? Well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And uh, Frank Proctor, has been a pleasure this uh, whole... Oh, by the way, yes. uh, just quickly before we go to Catherine, congratulations, Charlie. This show mm-hmm. has gained, like, substantially in the ratings. It's really? It's the best, the best uh, book as they refer to in the biz, in, uh, well, since we've been doing the show. Right, so that'd be the and, fall. And substantially increases, too, I'm told. Well, so, you know, this, this is the only garden show yeah. at all, in, all, in all of Toronto, like live garden yeah, show. Yeah, there yeah. is no garden show broadcast exactly. out of Toronto except this one. And there's so no other the word uh, is out, sous chef of the garden. Like you. Yeah, exactly. Well, Catherine. <laughs> Undergardener, I Before prefer. we run out of time, mm. Catherine in Toronto. Hi, and welcome to the show. Oh, hello. Good morning. You People are such a comfort to so many of us that we can call you this way. <laughs> anyway, uh, Charlie, I, I phoned you about my abutilon, mm-hmm. and you told me to leave it till, not cutting it back until February. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the tallest uh, branch is a meter, mm-hmm. and what I've been doing, it's, it's in a south-facing window, mm-hmm. and... It looks, it, it goes droopy about every two days because every two days I give it water to bring it back. Okay, how, how I, big is the pot, do you think? Oh, it's, uh, it's about six inches. Okay, yeah. So maybe, maybe it's time to do a little cutting before that or repotting, but I'd rather. Well, are there leaves all the way up that meter yes, stem? Yes, there are. That's great. Okay, so do you want this plant to get bigger? Like, do you want to have like an abutilon bush? or no, do you want not ab- really. Right, okay. Not really. All right, and are there any evidence of any flower buds yes, on? Yes, there oh, are now. So that would be the drag. If you were going to, you could chop it down now, uh, but you're going to chop off a bunch of flower buds. Yeah, but I don't, I 
Well, you know, I, to me, they're just little buds, and they're, I think they're going to dry up and fall off. Oh, maybe, yeah. <laughs> well, particularly, like a six-inch pot is not a very big pot, right? No. So there's your, I'm just showing Frank, there's your six-inch pot, there's your meter-tall plant. That's, you know, why you said you have to water so often. You, uh-huh. There's not enough soil, you know, to maintain that much plant, or no. not, enough soil to hold enough water to maintain that size plant. So two options, bigger pot or smaller plant. Okay, so it, w- it would be all right to cut it back now. You could. Yep, you could. I mean, you don't, we just don't generally do it now because mm-hmm. you won't see a lot of regrowth. But no. in your case, you don't really want to see a lot of regrowth. You want to shrink the size of that plant anyway. Mm-hmm. So I'd cut it in half. I'd just take the, you know, take the, bring the whole thing down by half. Okay. Okay. Thank you. I'll and keep it in that sunny spot. Yeah. And continue to do what you're doing. Let the leaves go limp, water to, you know, invigorate them and rehydrate them. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. Well, thank you very much, and I hope both of you have a very good, healthy Christmas. Thank you. Thank you so much, Catherine. Appreciate it. You too. Same to you. And, and uh, moments ago, I was uh, congratulating you on, on yes. the wonderful ratings, mm-hmm. but... You know how I really should be thanking the folks who uh, listen and call in to this show. Well, yeah, listen and, and our call listeners, in. Our listeners, the yeah. best, best in the world, I'm and telling you. ask some of the greatest questions, too. Yep. I, I love it. I think it's a lot of fun. So speaking of upcoming holidays, mm-hmm. you know, people are starting to say have a wonderful Christmas. Uh, Hanukkah starts this week. That's right, yes. So there will be, the obviously, the Festival of Lights mm-hmm. going on and lutkas in the frying pan and dreidels That's on the table. P- potato pancakes, yes, yes, yes. yes. Mm. With either applesauce or sour cream. Oh, that sounds so darn good. Chicken soup. A little chicken soup. Never mm, heard anybody. Chicken no soup. Idea. Yeah, that's how you yeah. have a healthy, healthy season is you make sure you get that chicken soup. So that's all going on at my place uh, next weekend and, of course, getting ready for Christmas. Yep. So hoping to try and swing by and grab a tree today on my... I've done all my Christmas shopping. Oh, my gosh. I'm done. Hear about it. I'm I done. I really, I'm done. Uh, I'm done. I have fantastic. no money, so it's actually my Christmas <laughs> shopping's done, too, because I'm, not, I'm like total Scrooge this year. Uh, I mean, you know, we'll have some good food. I don't know about <laughs> presents under the tree, though. <laughs> Nevertheless, it's been, it's been a great show again, Frank. Thank you very, very much. You're for welcome, Being Shirley. here, the best sous chef and the only undergardener in all the whole world. And thank you to James Patrick Dooley, because couldn't do it without him. Nor could we do it without, as you point out, the great callers. You betcha. So I want to thank all our great callers and wish everybody a wonderful week. And we'll see you all again next week. Bye for now. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.